Am I on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com? I am. So we're live there on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And I just, uh, I see the little uh, notification that I'm now live on uh, YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. And here's what we're going to do now. Uh, is we're going to press this button. And we will be now going live on, in three, two, one, on Facebook Live. We are now live on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, YouTube, Comedy Schools Channel, and Facebook Live, my personal page, Tony Visick. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, mothers and brothers, foster kids and parents, and people who just kind of live together and feel like family, uh, and children of all ages, welcome to... Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I happen to be Tony Visick, and that's one of the reasons why it's with me. Uh, when I tell you what we do here, this is your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla going on in the world today. Uh, I'm saying hi to people. I'm waving to Tina and Mike, Diane and David, uh, saying hi to each and every one of you. Uh, I do this show every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, or Arizona Time. Because right now, Arizona time is Pacific time and uh, not mountain time. But then when daylight savings time is over, then we'll be mountain time. We never know what the hell time it is in Arizona. We just know that today it is hot, hot, hot. Uh, I'm assuming that it's hot. I have not gone outside. Uh, some numbers pop up on some screens and they tell me that uh, it is really hot outside. But who am I to uh, test those numbers? Jim Lacey, hello. He says, yo, Tony. Free today after a long struggle with the website. Jim is working on a cool website, which he will tell us about uh, when he's ready to. Uh, still unable to launch. Sorry to have missed so many broadcasts. Give it hell, buddy. Uh, we certainly will. I don't know, Jim, anymore. We have to give it hell. Uh, there's a lot of hell around. Oh, what the hell. So um, we build this show around three things. Uh, first off, we're on three platforms. We build around three things. One, of course, is... Um, Interaction with you, our audience, with your questions and comments on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Um, then I show you some uh, bobble or trinket or memorabilia or, or autograph thing that I have laying around the house. And um, uh, sometimes I can weave, a, tell you a little personal story wrapped around it or weave a story around it. And then I recommend, I recommend... Uh, two artists are pieces of music based on my vast um, vinyl album collection. And do not despair. Do not despair. If by some strange turn of events, I actually run out of albums, I got CDs. And I've got almost a CD, many CDs that have albums. We have hours and hours of more fun talking about music you love and music that I hope you love when you give it a try. So um, I spent, I didn't think I did anything yesterday. There was a guy, oh, I didn't really do anything. Uh, Diane Howell says it's only 107 right now. You know what? We can live with that. We can live with that 107. I heard it's going to hit like 111 here. But Diane, you're up in the high country, aren't you? So um, it's a little different there. A little different there. It, it stays a little bit cooler. I don't know what the temperature is here right now. Um, uh, but I'm not going to go outside and find out. Why would I? Uh, why, why would I? People have always asked me, 
They go, how do you stand living in Arizona? And I tell them, uh, well, I, in the summer, yeah, I say, you mean the summer? And they go, yes, which is about six months here. I said, well, here's the secret. I don't go outside. That's the secret. The only time I go outside is I have a pool to go swimming. Go swimming. Otherwise than that, I sit in my air-conditioned house. When I leave my air-conditioned house, I get in my air-conditioned car. I drive my air-conditioned car to another air-conditioned building, and I go in there. I spend like less than an hour a day outside when you start hitting June, July, and August in Phoenix. And that's how you handle it, is that you uh, ignore it. Uh, Diane Howell wants to be in a high country. She's in the East Valley. Jim Lacey says, if you don't have a subject for today, I want to suggest. I kind of do, Jim, but I want to hear your suggestion. Um, it, it's 109 where we are. 109. 109. It's like a radio. Tony Visick, 109. It's not really. It's not. Um, do I have a subject today? Um, you know, we have uh, pretty much, Shirley and I have pretty much been uh, quarantined since uh, the middle of March. Uh, we have gone to local stores here to buy things that we need or things that we want. Uh, we don't really dilly-dally. Uh, every uh, Saturday, we drive out to the Maricopa Food Pantry and make a donation from the previous week's Tony Visick Presents show. We do that. That's all outside. We're masked up. They're masked up, even though they're outdoors, way out in an agricultural area. Beautiful country, by the way. Uh, let's see. Um... What's it say? Zapping your takeout food. This is okay. So hold on. So uh, hold on, Jim. I'll get to this. So uh, uh, we uh, see very little of our friends and family. Very little at all. I've done one live in-person show since March 15th. We have been very, very responsible. As responsible as you can be without hermetically sealing yourself. But damn it. It's looking like because of a massive amount of irresponsibility Hermetically sealing ourselves might have to be the next option. The stupidity I see, I'm not talking political, okay? Just the stupidity that I see, let me say, the immaturity that I see from people go, I ain't wearing no mask. You wear a mask. And you point out to them, I go, I wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. And if we all do that, we can reduce the transmission of the virus massively. But the stupidity of people, the selfishness, and, and let, me, let me explain something to you. For a lot of my life, I, I acted in a stupid fashion many times. And a lot of times in my life, I acted in a selfish way. And that's why I'm an expert on it. So when you try to drape your stupidity and your selfishness around some political or ideological or constitutional philosophy, I say hogwash, banana oil. I take umbrage. And I think it's time. I think it's time that every mayor, every county supervisor, every governor, and every president mandate masks in public, at least if you're going into a building, that they mandate it. Now, a lot of people go, I ain't doing it, I ain't doing it. But less people will be 
without masks than there are now. You know, just like, just like with seatbelts. I ain't putting no seatbelt on it. Wrinkles my clothes. If I get in an accident, I want to be thrown clear. and It, it makes me uncomfortable and it gives me panic attacks. So if you can't wear a, a mask uh, when you go out, you stay home. You give up your job. Don't ask us to. It's a simple thing. It's a mask. It's not a muzzle. It is the one thing that we, as the citizens of this country, can pull together and do to help one another get through this incredibly trying time. All right. So uh, let's see. What, what was Jim's topic? Let me take a look at that. Zapping your takeout food. Just got an email from a friend who tells me she doesn't even trust takeout food, even though it's on the lowest end of the scale of things that uh, can contaminate. She nukes takeout food for about eight to ten seconds. I'm going to actually think about this, especially if the new spike isn't. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm actually think about this, especially if the new spike isn't brought under control soon. Yes, maybe it sounds uh, too precautious, or does it? You know what? It's something that. Um, uh, you might want to look at. So what you got to figure in when you figure in safety measures right now, or this is something you can figure in, is where's the harm? Where's the harm? So there's no harm that if you order takeout food that you then nuke it for 8 to 10 seconds. That harms nothing. So if, you, if that's going to make you comfortable, and by the way, if it saves one person, if only one person in 100,000 would get the virus in that way and it saves them, then it's good. Where is the harm in putting a mask on when you're going to go into a public building or be around groups of people? Where is the harm? You say you have a difficult time breathing? You know what? I do. I do. Every once in a while, if I'm in Walmart and we go to Walmart, there's three places to buy groceries in this town, or we go to one of the other grocery stores, Fries or Bashes, okay? Every once in a while when I'm not around anybody and I got one of those N95s that sticks out, I'll kind of pull it forward, just barely forward, and take a deeper breath when I'm around no one. So maybe that's a little risk, but I do it. I do it. But there's no harm in wearing a mask. There's no harm whether you nuke your food. There's no harm in wiping down packages that are sent to you, even though most of the guidelines say that the, uh, the uh, chance of getting the virus from, say, uh, an Amazon package sitting in the front door is minimal. Uh, they say it's minimal. If you feel like doing it, where's the harm? So when we look at, here's where the harm is, when you go out in large crowds and you don't wear a mask and you cough or sneeze or breathe or sing or laugh within six feet of someone, three feet of someone, and you give them the virus, that's where the harm is. And do you want to do that? Do you want to be the person that gives it to someone? Look, you know, you can do it by happenstance. It can happen. It's probably happened mostly by mistake. There's hardly anyone out there being a purposeful typhoid Mary. Hardly at all. But man, if you can do I like uh, Tina Mike Long, mask it or casket. That's, that's a good one. Mine is, uh, it's a mask, not a muzzle. You know, it doesn't take away your freedom. It increases your freedom. Right now, with a airborne, highly contagious, communicable disease in the air, that can kill you or make you so sick that you lose weeks of work or even have long-term side effects. Wearing a mask gives you more freedom. 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 So uh, you want to nuke your food? Go ahead. You want to wipe your stuff down? Do it. I'm for, I'm, I'm for you. 
Okay, uh, I I bring out uh, plastic. I bring out the uh, gl surgical gloves with me. Like if I know I'm going to be using um, um, an ATM or I'm going to be pushing some buttons or something or open some doors, uh, Shirley and I always have. We both have a bottle of hand sanitizer, and I bring a glove. So when I'm going to be opening and closing things, that I reduce the risk of transmission. And if you're going to be one of these people who go, well, you're probably not even doing it right. Just by attempting it, I'm doing it better than you without one. So don't feed me your hogwash. Don't feed me hogwash. Whatever hogwash is, I don't want it. Okay, um, there you go. There's the, uh, there's the afternoon rant. It's the rant about hogwash. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, by the way, I don't know if you can read the hat or not, but it's, uh, I never wear it. I got it as a joke from someone. It's a, a, it's a, a Trojan, Trojan brand condoms hat. Okay, so my head is protected by Trojan brand from the sun. I don't know where I got it, but I've got dozens of hats, and I go, which one haven't I worn on the air? Or you know, I'm going, and I go, I haven't worn this one. I'll stick it on. I'll stick it on, okay? Uh, now, uh, let's talk about the stuff. Like I said, I always have some trinket or something. So here, I got something cool here. I'm going to show it to you. All right, this. There you go. You can see that on YouTube. I can just come back here, and everybody can see it. This is a Radiola. 61.8, made by the RCA Talking Machine Company. All right? That is a cool thing. Everybody take a look at that. All right? This was made sometime in the 1940s, when I don't exactly know. But it is a, a Bakelite radio, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Made in the 1940s. These were ubiquitous, meaning they were everywhere, uh, even still as uh, when I was a small child. So these are tube radios. In the back, they use tubes, as opposed to what was becoming in vogue when I was young, uh, very young, which was the transistor radio. Now, I don't collect bobbleheads, and I'm not going to hear any arguments about it, okay? Uh, Diane Howell asked, does it work? Diane, the answer is, yes, it does. Um, I don't know if it would actually play. Um, I don't know. We can. I, I had it on earlier, and the cool thing is, it takes it a while to warm up. I, you know, I got to bend down now. You know what? I'll turn it on tomorrow. I'll bring in a couple of them, on, and I'll have them. I'll have them. I'll have it plugged in tomorrow, and we'll turn it on. Right now, I got to bend down and plug it on. It's a big pain in the butt. Uh, we did test it out. So it was made in the 1940s. This was uh, what was called a uh, bread box or table box radio. I'm going to show it to you one more time as we talk about that. Okay. I have dozens of these. Uh, someone bought this for me. Uh, for a gift uh, and the retail price that they paid here look at this old plug look at that look at that that's like it's not the three pronger okay this is the kind of can mess you up uh, $25 uh, just a quick perusal on the internet right now this thing's going for anywhere between 65 and 80 dollars so um, these were fantastic radios these were ubiquitous in everybody's home no matter how poor you were you could afford one of these little radios the, uh, the Bakelite radio, so it's plastic. You hear that? Yeah, that's plastic. Uh, kind of supplanted the wooden radio, of which we have um, a healthy supply of, too, which we'll talk about. Uh, starting in the 1930s, and uh, late 1930s, early 1940s, uh, it became, uh, uh, it made radios even more easily to mass produce. And they're made out of something called Bakelite, which is a uh, way to um, uh, uh, bind plastic. So that the plastic is extremely hard and doesn't break. 
Uh, here's the weird thing. There are certain Bakelite radios, before they came up with a way to deal with it, that, uh, uh, that the plastic actually changed color when it was exposed to the sun, like you and I. Okay, so uh, there are certain, there's some beautiful Bakelite radios you can find in antique stores that are a butterscotch with red buttons, you know, or have turned a bright green. They didn't start out that way. The sun did that to them. Uh, it had to do with the polymers. And until they came up with a, pro a process for heating this plastic, these polymers, that would not make that happen, that happened to a lot of radios. Now, it only was for a short period of time. And those radios are rare. And if you run across a Bakelite radio, and it could be this type of model, oftentimes they are. Yeah, but I know I don't have I don't have the some of those will go for two or three or four thousand dollars. The blonde one. The blonde one might be. We got to double check that. We own fifty or sixty uh, old time old timey radios. So this was made in the nineteen forties. It sat in someone's house. It sat in their house uh, since made in the 40s. We definitely know that on this radio, people listened when uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, won the pennant. Uh, we know that they also listened when uh, the Soviet Union uh, exploded its first hydrogen bomb. Uh, we know that. We know that Elvis Presley was listened to on this radio when he first exploded onto the music scene and changed music in America. And that wasn't Elvis's plan. I'm going to change. I'm going to change music. That's what I want to do. But uh, he certainly did. We know that. We know that old radio shows like Fibber McGee and Molly and uh, uh, Bob Hope's radio shows and were on this. We know that a lot of Frank Sinatra songs, the very first time they were ever played, were heard on this radio. There is, um, there is a belief, and it's a belief, okay? And it's nothing more than a belief. But there's a belief that if sound is real, well, sound is real. That's not a belief. And that nothing stops it. It goes on and on. That the sounds of the 40s are echoing throughout the universe today. That's not a belief. That's true. Okay? So life emanated from these machines. People danced to the songs. People got scared by the news. People got excited by the games. All on a little tabletop radio. That sat probably on an old Formica kitchen table in a house that didn't have a dining room. It just had a kitchen with a stove and a, and a, a table in it. Okay, And a woman in an apron listened to it while she was uh, uh, busy during the day around the house. And a man listened to it when he came home at night from work, sitting in his slippers. And kids listened to it as they were running from one room to another being yelled at. And this radio witnessed a lot of American life. And then at some point in the 60s, as transistors came along, it got shoved into a closet. Whoever owned it passed on. Their children boxed up a bunch of stuff. They decided not to throw it out in the trash can. They put it in a garage somewhere. They put it in a closet somewhere. They put it in a storage place somewhere. And there it sat. There it sat for years. And uh, when I bought it, I turned it on and brought it back to life and tomorrow i'm gonna to bring it back to life for you all right so uh it's one of the reasons i love radios because radios brought magic magic and they were beautifully designed the only thing about this radio i know that these buttons those dials were repainted i know that i know that because i've looked it up 
Otherwise than that, this is pretty much an original intact uh, radio. Kind of cool. All right, let's get to the music. Shall we get to the music? Shall we? Shall we? Hold on. I got I to gotta make a little arrangement here. This thing is heavy, too. It's heavy. By the time I was a kid, they were coming out with those, um, and I have one or two, those little tiny transistor radios because you kind of hold up to your ear. You can walk down the street listening to it. Radios have gone, keep going through these stages of being very little, very big, very little, very big. Uh, we have a couple in our those giant um, cathedral radios that stand about, oh, about four foot high, you know, uh, that were uh, like centerpieces for living rooms. Very fancy. This was not a centerpiece. This was something that kind of usually sat in the kitchen or maybe in the bedroom and was turned on during, during the day. Kind of like having your big TV in one room and then a little TV in another room. All right, but radios went from being very big to very little, okay, to uh, then great big hi-fi consoles, to little bitty transistor radios, to boom boxes, and uh, 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 to show you how much uh, uh, advertising influences us, if you had a little tiny transistor radio at one point, and then years later you were still listening to it while someone was carrying a big boom box, you would look like the idiot, even though you had the most comfortable way to uh, listen. All right. All right, so uh, on those radios were, was played music, and I got two great pieces for you today. Um, this first one's kind of weird, I think, but uh, talking about making everything old new again, this is a cool album. Obviously bought secondhand for 99 cents. This is the best of Glenn Miller, volume two. There's a volume one, okay? So Glenn Miller was an uh, innovator in his time. Uh, this was the music that young people listened to that teenagers listened to, that old people complained about. Um, bup, bup, bup. Uh, two big hits that I'm seeing right... Oh, no, three. Okay, his version of Who's Sorry Now? Who's Sorry Now? Uh, with a pull-out antenna, it usually broke by New Year's. You're talking about your transistor radio. Yeah, yeah, those little, those little uh, antennas until they got that straightened out. Um, also, his version of I Got a Gal from Kalamazoo. Uh, and then uh, his version of Take the A-Train, Duke Ellington's legendary song, uh, Take the A-Train. Here's what it says in the back. One volume couldn't possibly contain all the best of Glenn Miller, so here's the second. Even though the best means selectivity and consequently rarity, Glenn Miller has not just a handful of wonderful songs, but many. Who could forget A String of Pearls? Obviously, it was a big hit song at the time, but we've all forgotten it. Or his theme, Moonlight Serenade, our American Patrol. Well, we've forgotten all of them. But they were as big as any song that's out right now. Uh, Glenn Miller became a legendary figure because we remember and cherish so much of his music, the Miller name and Miller sound. They spanned the era of the 30s and the 40s, a time of recovery, then confidence, and finally vigorous national, national spirit and pride. These were strong sentiments to be felt by a youthful nation in just a decade, and Miller recreates that world for us. An unforgettable man and his music represents a colorful period in our history. The best of Glenn Miller will draw you closer to it. So if you want to listen to what people were listening to in their teens and 20s and the 30s and the 40s, listen to this guy. And by the way, it's great music and great songs. Okay, like Benny Goodman, they were innovators in their time. They were the rock stars of their time. Neither Glenn or Benny were bad boys. Artie Shaw was kind of a bad boy. There were other ones that were more like rock stars, but consummate musicians that created a that helped create or helped bring to popularity a unique form of American music. 
Listen to Take the A Train by anybody, man. Duke Ellington, Glenn Miller, anyone. And tell me that that's not a wonderful, fun, infectious melody. So you might want to go check out Glenn Miller. That's Glenn Miller Volume 2. And uh, I got a gal from Kalamazoo uh, and Take the A Train. Now, not even 20 years later, about 20 years later, this young lady burst on the scene and changed music or became part of a change. Joan Baez. Now, Joan Baez got made fun of a lot later on in life because um, her brand of liberalism fell out of style, although it never really should have. But also because she is a woman and because she was outspoken and because she was not afraid to uh, uh, share her beliefs or say what was on her mind in a positive way, not just running around, you know, like going, you know, cursing into her hand. Uh, she got vilified quite a bit. Uh, on this album, she does, and this is uh, Joan Baez, just Joan Baez. And I don't know if this is her um, debut album or not, but it's all uh, classical folk tunes. Silver Dagger, East Virginia, Fare Thee Well, House of the Rising Sun, All My Trials, Wildwood Flower, Donna Donna, John Riley, Rake, and Ramblin' Boy, Little Moses, Mary Hamilton, Henry Martin, and El Prezo Numero Nueve. Did I say that right? That's close. Okay. These were, uh, Joan Baez came from the school of folk music where you played classic folk songs that were decades or hundreds of years old. Some of these are child's ballads, uh, a, a collection of ballads put together by an Englishman back in, um, um, wow, there's a lot of great information on the back of this. I should... I'm going to read this again and share it with all of you. Um, for Henry Martin is a child ballad, 250. Mary Hamilton is a child, 173. Just to tell you what some of these songs are about. Mary Hamilton, it's a song on this early Joan, ba uh, Joan Baez, accompanying herself on the guitar with Fred Hellerman's second guitar. On Vanguard, which put out a lot of folk music. Controversy still simmers after a century among the scholars as to the historical origin of this ballad. But Mary Hamilton, unlike many of the Scottish border ballads, is a folk legend rather than history. So it is of little moment whether it was inspired by events at Mary Stuart's court in the 16th century or at the 18th century court of Peter the Great. The tragedy of a maid trapped by her intrigues of arist by, by the intrigues of her aristocratic court life and led to the gallows in a land far from home has, been, has had universal appeal, which captured a popular fancy and made Mary Hamilton perhaps the best love of all the ballads. So that's a lot of stuff there. But that's what Joan Baez did. Joan Baez was in a... Uh, Joan Baez is in a class of storytellers that are beginning to fall by the wayside. And they're the ones who carry the stories and fables and parables... Parables? Parables. Parables and myths and legends from one generation to the next that teaches something besides just numbers and math and rote learning, but teaches something about the human condition and how to live and how to act and to be able to empathize with the feelings of people and stories that were told. So my personal favorite Joan Baez song is Diamonds in Rust, which she wrote about a night Many years after she'd ever, she was an item with Bob Dylan in the early 60s, and then Bob left her, or she left him, he left her. Um, 
and disappeared for years and it kind of broke her heart. Didn't disappear, but worse, became omnipresent, yet absent from her life. Uh, a drunken Bob Dylan calling her from a phone booth in the middle of the night in all the feelings that it brought up. And in that way, Joan Baez's song, Diamonds is Rust, is as great as any song about the English King's Court in 16th century or about um, Irish, uh, Irish revolutionaries in Ireland or about union workers striking just to be able to make enough money after working 12 hours to bring home a loaf of bread for their children. It's that great of a song. So check out Joan Baez with an open mind. Check out Joan Baez with an open mind. I think you'll find some wonderful, wonderful stuff. And that's all the stuff I got to talk about today. I've gone on and on and on, and I'm going to go off and off and off. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You stay safe. You stay secure. You stay happy. Find some way to bring a little fun and sunshine in your life, but not so much sunshine that you get sunburnt. My name's Tony Vizic. You've been listening to Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.